Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Are you tired of lugging around heavy, bulky tree stands, whether you're using a climber or a hang-on and would prefer to hunt lighter and more mobile? If you said yes, then you need to check out the Tethered Mantis Saddle and Predator platform. For me, this uh, setup has done a couple things for me over the past year and a half. I've definitely been more mobile, lighter, and when you get into those situations where maybe the wind switches on you or whatever, and in, in years past, you didn't want to pull all your gear it's because you didn't want to move it, didn't want to make additional noise and things of that nature. This kind of solved all those problems for me, and I'm able to kind of tear down quickly, make a move if I need to make a move, and get set up uh, without losing a whole lot of hunting time. The other thing I do a lot more of with this is actually I, I'll still hunt my way through or just kind of go into an area where I'd like to check out, scout with all my stuff on my back. It's super light, so I don't really even notice it, and I hunt to where I'm going or I still hunt through to where I'm ultimately going to set up which is a great benefit, has been a great benefit to me so far this year. If you're interested in all these things, then you need to head over to tetherednation.com. Check out all their information related to saddle hunting and release your inner tree ninja. First thing I do in the morning before a hunt is, of course, I have to have my morning coffee. And I'm sure most of you out there probably feel the same. Make sure you're filling your mug with Skull Brew Coffee as it is the only coffee company that is both 2% for conservation certified and, of course, donates 10% of their profits to conservation organizations who are helping us to secure the future of our wild places. So head to SkullBrewCoffee.com and choose between three killer roasts of coffee and know that you are supporting conservation with every sip. All right, if you listen to this uh, podcast for any length of time, you guys know that I am good friends with all the guys over at Exodus. And I want to give you a quick heads up that you should be checking out some of their content if you haven't already. They have a podcast out called Trail Cam Radio, and they release new episodes every Tuesday. So the day before you listen to this one, you could be listening to that one as well. They've done some deep dives with some great guests. Uh, you'll you'll recognize some of these names as Jeff Sturgis, Dan Enfault, and The Hunting Public. And they also jump into and talk to some uh, less-known hunters who consistently are getting it done many times on public land. Uh, if you prefer to watch podcasts, if you're looking for some video content, uh, they have a YouTube channel as well, and that is packed, of course, with great videos and interviews. One of the most popular ones they did is a, a candid interview with John Eberhart, and uh, if you know anything about John, you always get the straight dope from him. And for my, for specifically my PA listeners, uh, they just recently posted a public land Big Woods interview with Steve Shirk, which I which I consumed, and it is pretty awesome. This dude's killing hammers and getting on giant deer in, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, so it's absolutely a, a must-listen. So if you're looking for more whitetail content, especially here during the course of the season, you just can't get enough, uh, be sure to head over to their podcast, Trail Cam Radio, and their YouTube channel, Exodus Trail Cameras, 
and drop them a subscription or review and let them know that Truth from the Stand sent you. If you're also in the market for a trail camera, uh, over the last four years, of course, Exus has consistently showed they build quality trail cameras that flat out just work. Of course, the best trail camera warranty, period. Every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty and even comes with a theft and damage coverage. That's right, five years, literally half a decade, you'll be covered by the Exus five-year warranty. But more than likely, you won't need it because the cameras are built to last. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 148, bringing you the Iowa rut log, day number five. So stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. Happy Wednesday to you. It is officially Wednesday now, finally. I had said it was Wednesday in the previous podcast, but clearly it was not. I'm getting my days mixed up, but it's a happy Wednesday to you. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Iowa Rut Log recapping day number five. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and jump. Well, hold on. Before I do that, give me send me a message, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Let me know what you're thinking of the new intro and outro music. I kind of dig it. It's a little Southern rock and uh, it gets me kind of jazzed up for the show. It gets me kind of pumped up, but leave me a message. Let me know what you think of that. On to the hunting stuff. Um, today was a good day. Uh, before I jump into that, you know, it warmed up just a little bit today. Uh, I think the high was, or I'm sorry, it cooled off just a little bit today. The high was like 47. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have a little bit uh, warmer weather. Uh, so it's going to be 55. So I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do for tomorrow. Cause the, the, the spot that I really want to be in, which is where I was at today. And I'll, and I'll talk about that. Um, I, I don't have a great wind for tomorrow and it's, and it's warming up a little bit. And the action that I saw today just kind of tells me that we're, it's like, we're on the cusp of things kind of popping. It's not quite there yet, but the action, the action was good. So <clears throat> today was my first all day sit. And I dove into the spot that I hunted the first evening that I was here uh, because that was the spot that I was most familiar with. It was a spot that we had truck cameras on and I kind of knew what deer were going to be in the neighborhood. Um, so I could kind of, you know, understood what what the caliber was around me. That way I knew what was a shooter, what wasn't a shooter, et cetera, et cetera. So I got in there this morning, uh, nice, bright and early, quiet. And uh, I was I was a little surprised at first light. You know, there was no there was no movement. Uh, I heard some deer milling around behind me as, as it was still dark. <clears throat> um, and uh, it's just kind of nasty, brushy. You know, it's not clear cut. I don't even know if it's select cut. I mean, I think it might have been at one point. Uh, but it's just it's just gnarly, multiflora rows, a bunch of deadfall in there, um, a, a bunch of deadfall in there as well. So it just kind of makes it just really a disaster zone, which is great for, for deer for bedding. And I'm basically, where I'm kind of set up is this drainage, this stream that's this that's, that's dry right now. I wouldn't even call it a crick because it's not even big enough to be considered a crick, but it's, uh, it's this little kind of washout drainage bed that's completely dry right now. And I'm on one side of it. And on the other side of it is a bunch of bedding. And on the side that I'm on, I'm sitting right on the edge of bedding, which is maybe 75 yards, maybe a hundred off of a, uh, off, off a private property line that then has a, a, a cornfield. Um, and so 
this is an area that John has had cameras in in the past. Uh, he's had some, you know, good looking deer, some decent sized deer that have, that have passed through there. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast where every, every year during rut, uh, between, you know, like the sixth and the 10th, he gets what <clears throat> he gets one, what he refers to as a Magnum buck that walks through, which is, you know, something that's going to be like the 160 caliber or, or better, um, you know, classic Iowa hammer. So my plan is to try to do as many all day sits in that general area by bouncing around. Cause I mean, this place is, is this piece of public is huge and that bedding area is huge. Um, and so I could basically hunt a week around that bedding area on a bunch of different winds and never really burn out, burn out the area. And it's kind of what I'm planning to do tomorrow. Uh, we have a straight South wind tomorrow, which is not going to work for where the, the tree that I was in today. So I'm going to actually move to the North end of the bedding and set up on that. And there's another big kind of draw that's right there that I'll be able to kind of sit the edge of. Um, so I can kind of scope what's going on in that draw as well, and then be able to catch anything cruising that downwind side of the, of the bedding area. Um, which that ultimately leads to like a, a handful of scrapes that I found as I was hiking on my way out, I was kind of scouted my way out the one evening I left a little early was just a little bit of daylight to see if I could find any sign, uh, as I was headed toward the access, uh, point. And, uh, and I did find a couple scrapes back in there. So this morning, first thing, there wasn't a ton of action, and I, which caught me a little off guard because I thought there would be. Um, <clears throat> but it heated up, and it was a really cool day. Um, you know, I think the first buck I saw, it's always a good day when you can say the first buck I saw. Um, this little, you know, a little forky comes rolling in um, from my right and kind of cut up in front of me and that's so i'm learning here as i go as well like this is how the deer often move like there's basically two ways that they're gonna that they're gonna come in predominantly um there's like a little that drainage i was telling you about that's to my back or that's you know yeah to my back there's a low spot at one and like if you go 40 yards maybe 50 yards up that 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 drainage there's a low spot where it, where it's really convenient to kind of cr- kind of cross. Now you would say maybe you'd set up there as a pinch point, but I, I think you would be doing yourself a disservice because there's another pinch point that's equally as good that's right at the corner where that drainage kind of meets the where that you know the pro- the private property line where deer like to kind of skirt that rim you know, along that fence, along that fence line. And that's exactly where I saw one deer, the biggest deer I saw the day kind of come from. So first thing, uh, 10 o'clock this morning, this, uh, this little buck rolls in. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I caught a little bit of footage of him, and uh, he checked out the scrape. You know, he hit the licking branch or the or, or the rope because it was a mock scrape. He was checking all that out, then he started walking over in toward the, the bedding. Uh, and when he got in there, when he got to the edge of it, he just kind of stopped, he perked up, and he his ears went up and he started targeting and I was like, Oh, there must be something in there. And I thought I heard deer in there earlier in the morning, but I just couldn't see anything. Cause it's a bunch of brush right at the edge. Like I can see into the very edge of it, but then there just becomes a bunch of like brush. That's probably head, head high, maybe it's up to like eight feet tall or whatever. That's about how at the highest point of the brush. 
and he gets in there and he's just kind of looking around and he's, you know, he's postured up and he's, you know, his ears are up. And then all of a sudden I see this doe come out. I was like, oh, there's a doe in there. Well, then she turns around and looks behind her and I was like, that's a good sign. And then all of a sudden this buck comes rolling out of that bedding, kind of stomping, hopping at this younger buck. The younger buck kind of backs up and the bigger buck runs him off. And he doesn't run too awfully far because I think he was just kind of curious to see what was what was happening. So he kind of runs off maybe 20 yards away from that bigger buck and that doe kind of takes off, you know, I guess it would be to my west, you know, further into the bedding. And when I see this buck at first, it's like I can tell, I don't know how many points he was, but I could tell immediately that he was, for me, he was a shooter. And so I'm, he started tailing that doe again, or he started, not again, but started tailing that doe since she kind of ran off. I grunted at him, he stopped, I snort wheezed at him. And he stopped and he postured up for a second and looked at me like he wanted to come in. And then he went about his merry way, trailing that doe again. Well, then just a couple minutes later, I saw some movement in the brush and he was standing there like he wanted to come in, like he was scoping the situation. I snort wheezed at him again. He took a couple steps forward like he was going to commit and come in. And then that doe kind of ran out of that bedding area and then that took his attention away. And he went after her. And then three minutes later, I saw them kind of go over to that little low spot in the uh in, in the in the drainage and they both went off and I, i'd never seen him again uh, uh today but that was a good start to the day it was a, a, an encounter with a shooter um he just wasn't uh he wasn't as receptive to my calling as the uh, as the nine point was the evening before um so things kind of slowed down at that point i had another young buck another little forky take that same path through at around one o'clock and uh, watched him for a little bit. And then at 3 o'clock, the, the big deer showed up. And out of the corner of my eye, I just saw like glare off of bone. And I turned to my left. And there was a, a legit hammer. Now, I'm not going to kind of give the details of this. Um, only because I'm not exactly sure. I, it's, I think it's a specific deer that we have uh, or that John has camera pictures of in that area. Um, I don't know that it could be any other deer. I mean, it could be any, a different deer in there, but I mean, it was, it, it, it was a large animal in the, in the, um, truck hammer pictures that John has is a, is a large animal of an eight point. Um, but he is a, an eight point that is probably the biggest eight point that I've ever seen a picture of or otherwise. Um, he's a hammer. And so he got, he basically came in on that corner, hopped up to the very edge of that of that bedding and started walking that bedding out. And I was, the wind was kind of blowing. It was a little bit noisy. I grunted at him. I snort wheezed at him and I don't think he heard me at all. And he just kind of kept cruising and walked out of my life, uh, which was a bummer. Um, you know, I just, it was a little bit windy. So I didn't, I didn't, I of course didn't hear him whenever he approached. And if it weren't for seeing the glare off of his antlers, I would have never known that it was there until he got way out in front of me. Um, but I did have a moment where I thought I might be able to play some ball with him, but it just didn't, it just didn't materialize. But the good news is, is that these bucks are on their feet. They're moving. Um, I doubt that'll be the last time he makes his way through. I just hope that it's during daylight. Um, and in a day where I'm sitting in, <clears throat> in that spot, cause I feel like, you know, uh, you know, what John has seen on trail camera in this particular area, this deer, it feels like he's the, he's King shit of turd Island in this area. Um, and so it feels like he's, he's the dominant guy in, in, in that general area and, and he'll likely be around, uh, for most of the rut. I'm hoping, of course, you know, they travel a long distance. We know that, 
Um, but I think seeing him today was a good a good sign because uh, he hasn't been on camera in in quite a while. So that was a good sign. So then after that, I was a little bummed out, and then I had another buck approach me from the right again from that little what I refer to as the land bridge across the drainage. He rolled in, and this one he I picked my bow up off. Uh, or I picked my bow up at that point and grabbed my release and actually had him on camera or on, on film and was decide whether or not I was going to shoot him. He was borderline for me. Um, and he ended up stopping broadside at 30 yards and just gave me, which was awfully nice of him to give me some time to check him out. Um, and he just, when I looked at him, like he has, you know, I'm terrible at scoring deer. He was probably, put it this way, I would have preferred to have taken the nine point that I'd seen the night before. And once I had made that determination, I was like, then I was going to, going to pass him. Um, and so, so I passed him, but, uh, he looked like he was probably just a two and a half year old from his, from his body, um, which is what kind of led me to want to, want to pass him more than anything. Super tall, wide frame, uh, just a really cool deer, uh, but a small body. So, you know, I thought he was a little bit young and my goal coming out here was, um, I think I said four and a half year old or older, um, I think was what my, my goal was, but if I see a three and a half year old, that's, that's big, then I, I won't be shy about releasing an arrow. Um, and then I saw a couple does come, come through as well. Um, I was a little shocked they came through by themselves. And this is what I was referring to earlier. Like, I think, you know, things haven't quite popped off yet. I think we're getting real close. I think that one buck this morning that was running that doe kind of hard, she might've been an early riser, if you will. And it's coming in a little bit early. Uh, because John also saw a couple does that were that were without bucks, and it just feels like another day or two, and it's gonna and it's gonna kind of break wide open, uh, which will be really cool, and I'm looking forward to that. So that is the rut log update for uh, for today. Um, back at it tomorrow. New st- uh, new tree location, same general bedding area, um, just a different wind. So we're gonna switch where switch where we're setting up. And uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully that big eight pointer comes back through and gives me an opportunity. As always, want to thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope you guys are finding luck here during your rut. All right, folks, that's a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five star rating, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We'd be super appreciative if you do those two things for us. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Skull Brew Coffee Company, Gumleaf USA Boots, Obsession Bows, Ramcat Broadheads, Trophy Taker Rests, and Dead Down Wind. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment.
All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.